And now, weighing in out of the blue corner, Josh the Pong Thompson. 100%. And on the other mic, he weighs in from the red corner, Big John well, hello to everyone and a very happy Memorial Day weekend. I hope you get to spend this day with family, friends, all the people. Josh and I are getting back from the magnificent North Carolina location where Fort Bragg in Fayetteville, North Carolina is at. We had a blast with some of the troops there. Saw some great fighting. They're really working their butts off to get better. Man, there was some guys that were in there. The girls were the ones that stole the show, though. Oh, the absolutely. girls were going after it. Man. Man, it was fun to have. Did you have a good time? I had a blast. You know, um, yeah. we did some zip lining and uh you know, we got to meet obviously a lot of troops and we uh we, it, what I loved about this weekend or this week when we were there, it was like they had all their families out all around base and what they were doing yeah. is they were doing certain events and certain things. So it was great. All to American see. Week. It was all American Week and I loved seeing all these, you know, uh, wives and fathers and everyone's out with the kids and doing whatever they could uh, to entertain the kids. You know, they were out uh, doing the zip line and the kids were in full force doing the zip line. I thought it was great. Oh, they were, the, best, oh, the best is this because you and I both did the zip line. Mm -hmm. And obviously, the heavier you are, so it worked really well for me. The farther you <laughs> drop and the bigger the, the kids would jump out of that thing. And they would just like go straight out and just swing back. There was yep. no drop. No. It was the best. No. Nope. They would do all the stuff that they were told to do and they would jump out and it would go and just take them down as they're doing their little starfish thing. It was hysterical to watch yeah. it. What was funny was uh, they said, hey, make sure you tuck your chin, which I did. But then yeah. it caught the straps on the uh, on the harness that were kept attached to me. One of them caught my helmet and my helmet had a strap that went underneath because they, they didn't want the the straps to catch your uh, your ear, your head, yeah. or your chin, or whatever, because you'd get like a burn. And well, it caught my helmet, and my helmet had a strap that went underneath because I had chucked my chin, and it got me a little good <laughs> right across the little, little thing zippy right. line, yeah, right little there. zip line thing yeah, right yeah. there. So it was pretty funny. Yeah. I was See, like, that's oh, a souvenir. Man. Yeah, yeah, it was a souvenir, something I could take with me. Everyone's like, man, what happened? You cut yourself shaving? I was like, nah, no, nah, the zip line no, got me. No. I jumped out of a tower and yeah. zip line down. Yeah. With full pack on. <laughs> uh, Elaine's like, uh, Miss McCarthy goes, um, you're like a little kid. Because I just kept running back up and down. <laughs> go more. <laughs> and we, we had to go to do some other uh, meet and greets and stuff. And it was just funny. Yeah. I was like, I got, I, got, I got time for one more, right? I got time for one more. It you was did. fun. I got to stand there talking to the captain because yeah. you know, I kind of be and it was like he goes. He goes. Oh, I'm sorry. He says, you know. He goes. You want to go again? I said, No, it's too late now. It's fine. It's all good, right? But it I was. It, it was, was a good time. It was fun. I thought it was great, man. I was like, I could have spent all day doing that. I could have spent all day doing it. I could have oh, yeah. went up and down, okay. up and down. The best part was what of that? The best part. Of I it? love the ending. Yeah, because the ending, you hit that thing, and man, oh. that kicked you up basically sideways. And you're swinging back down. It was like, that was fucking cool. I enjoyed See, that part. John, I have, it's weird. I don't know if it's, is this just me, but maybe someone else in the comments can, can verify. Maybe they have the same problem. Anytime I get close to high edges, I want to jump. Yeah. It's a scary, it's a scary feeling. Like if, if I, so I, I've got across like the golden gate bridge and walked across the golden gate bridge. And I looked down, I'm like, I could live. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it just, it goes through my mind. I'm like, yeah, I could, I could okay. live if I make that jump. I mean, maybe not the sharks. 
but I can live. <laughs> I don't know what it Golden is. Golden Gate but Bridge, you're, you, you are not going to live once you hit the water. I'm telling you, man, I think I could. No, dude. No, terminal velocity, baby. Uh, but, like, I just, I'm one uh, of like those cement. people. You get me near you a close it. edge. If I'm on top of a roof, I'm I, feel the same like way. I feel the need to jump. No, nah, man, from the time I was a small kid, because what my dad did and stuff, he was always taking me up in helicopters or... Uh, he would he would come up with an idea. This is one of my dad's ideas. You know, a way for you to get a position. You know, if you had someone that was really doing something bad and stuff, is you, you know you have these close buildings in downtown L.A. So he would take a fire ladder, and he would bring the fire ladder up to the top, put the fire ladder across to the other buildings, either into a window or into onto the top. And you would walk across the ladder from one building to the next and then go down towards where your suspect was at. And so when I was a kid, you know, he, he would sit there and he would do it. He, would say, he goes, you want to try this? And I was like, yeah. <laughs> and so then I would do it. And then he would bring all his guys and they would start to practice. And they go, I'm not doing that. He goes, my goddamn kid does it. John, go do this, right? And oh, I'd run man. across the ladder, right? And they'd go, I hate your fucking kid. <laughs> he used you as but, a guinea pig. Uh, I did, oh, dude, all the time. I, n- I was never afraid of heights. When I was a police officer, I would get up on top of, you know, the, there was a couple 60, 70 stories, and you, for whatever reason, you ended up on the top, and I would walk the ledge on the, on the rim of the, mm-hmm. the building. And so my partners would go, what the fuck are you doing? It's no different than walking where you're at. It's all in your mind. It's, does it, do you have a fear of it? And so it causes you to, have anxiety and that's going to make you screw up or is it hey this is you know it's no different than walking on anything else if it's 18 inches wide i can walk that all day long and that's no problem but it's all all of what is in your mind it's very true this is very true i just i get close to edges and i'm like i can jump i can do this and it's just i don't know <laughs> i can make it yeah i mean every time <laughs> I can every fly every time i get close to like i've been skydiving about thir- 12 13 times yeah. and um I just, I get, as soon as the back plane door opens, like I'm yeah. ready to go. I'm like, let's yeah. fucking go. Oh, well, it's the best. It's, it's yeah. awesome, man. I mean, I love it. I mean, like it's always tandem, so it's not just me. You know what I mean? But, uh, you know, um, remember, there was a guy named Steve Heath. You remember Steve Heath? Yes, I Fr- do. Friends with, uh, Hendo. He used to live yeah. down in Temecula or his, I don't know yeah, if he absolutely. lived down there. His Good fought, wrestler. His, yes, exactly. Good fought wrestler. Fought for a while. His parents owned a certification uh, program in Temecula for skydiving. Ah. And Dan Henderson's like, yeah, come on down. I never went. I should have. I just couldn't get down there. Um, yeah, I could have, but I just, I never made it a focus. But I should have, man. I always wanted to get certified to go skydiving, just do it so I could jump myself, man. Fuck, it would have been such a blast. But, uh, yeah, I'm just one of those people. Like, I would have loved to have been to, been able to just go anytime I want. Just go get sky, go skydiving. It's been a blast. Uh, but outside of that, man, I had a good weekend. It was or a good week. I mean, we had a good week during the during All American Week, and then uh, we got to meet a couple uh, generals. We got to watch some great fights. The fighters uh, are picking up some new stuff. It was kind of good to see from my perspective because I had worked with, down in Fort Huachuca with uh, probably close to two thousand troops with Bobby um, Bobby Southworth, Mike Swick, and it was Oak Grove Technologies that they took me out there. Uh, years back, I think this was back in like 2007, 2008, sometime around there. And, um, 
we would wake up every morning for the first couple, like for like uh, Monday through Thursday, we woke up at like four in the morning and we started training them up on this football field at four 30 in the morning. And, um, you didn't realize how young they were, how much they didn't know. And it was, it was, um, it was good to see like the growth of, I know it's a different, uh, different area, but it was good to see at Fort Bragg, the different growth of, of the, of the troops, no, how much knowledge they had, it, the wrestling mixed with the absolute how much jitsu, yeah, yeah. Because I've been doing the army combatants for a long time. I did their very first championship one and everything, and the growth is look they they got some people who can fight now. Mm-hmm. I mean, really fight. There was there's a couple in there went. How did this guy not get to the finals? Yeah, yeah. there was a couple. I was like, you got to be kidding me! But you know, it's uh there's some there's some good there's some real talent. Yeah. You know, what was impressive was a lot of them have a wrestling background, which is what I feel like is a necessity these days if you if you want to be a good fighter. So you have to have good wrestling. So start wrestling your kids young. And then um, I think the growth from the wrestling to the jiu-jitsu. If you can, if you can program them to do the bo- both of them. The striking, I, I've always, I, I didn't realize this when I was younger, is when I was about 16, 17, I started training Muay Thai. Because I was like, oh, I got wrestling. I can fight, da, da, da. You know, but my little brother was training jiu-jitsu at the time. And uh, he was wrestling a little bit as well. <clears throat> and one day he came home and I was messing with him, goofing around, big brother stuff. And I got to his back and I was like giving him the, giving him the ride, you know, and, and I crossed my feet and he hit me with that little cheesy ankle. <laughs> and it was one of those moments where <clears throat> he's like, stop picking on me. And then he slapped it on. And I was like, and I was like, no, no. And then he slapped it on. I was screaming like a little girl. I was like, let it go. Let it go. He's like, no, no, no. And he'd loosen it a no, little no, bit. No, 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 no. He'd no. loosen it a little bit and then put it back on feeling? real tight. Loosen it a little bit. Put it back on right tight. He's like, you just stop. You're going to stop. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, 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 okay. okay. It was, but it was just funny because uh, it was a reality check for me. Like, wow, this jujitsu yeah. shit works. You know, it was uh, it was just that moment right there that kind of got me addicted. To, okay, I went from training Muay Thai because I had wrestling. And I started training jiu-jitsu literally the next week. Just came in and started training jiu-jitsu. So it was, uh, it was fun, man. Like, and obviously the rest is history. So you could arguably say that my brother's the reason why I started fighting. Because I started training jiu-jitsu after that. Did a, and then within like six months, I had my first fight. You know? See, blame it on the brother. Yeah. Never liked that kid. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, but yeah, it was fun, man. We had a, I had a great, I had a great time this week. It was, uh, it was, like I said, it was very eye opening. It's, uh, it's great to see. The younger uh, troops really getting the training they deserve, what they need. And what I liked at Fort Bragg is, you know, we, we ran into one of my old blue belts uh, who trained with yeah. me, uh, Bryce. And he came out and he met us for dinner. And then he met us the next day real quick just to say goodbye. He was he had to work, so he wasn't able to hang out the whole time. But uh, it was great, man. He's like, yeah, he trained on one side. And we, we met him at another location where they have training on the other side. And there was, I guess, five or six locations where everyone could train with different instructors. And so, um, you know, he's been training over there for a bit and, uh, it was good to see him, you know, it was nice. He's got a brother who's really good too. And trains, they both got their blue belts for me. And I think, I think his brother's about to get his purple because his brother lives in San Diego. He's been training nonstop. So good for, good for both of them, man. They're both really good kids. And, uh, good. The one thing I got to bring up though, the, what they, it's not a confidence course. It's a, it's a stress course on the Ah. shooting range. What those guys did. Sergeant Zanoff, I just want to tell you, 
you are a torturing fool. I love you, man. <laughs> the goddamn course that this guy came up with was brutal when you look at it and you realize what these guys are actually doing. And, and they were going through it and, and having fun doing it and, you know, really, you know, putting out. But the damn thing takes the average, I want to say average person, between 15 and 18 minutes to complete. Mm-hmm. And you are going that entire time. It's kind of like a fight, man. And you got to figure out your your areas for you to actually take a breath mm-hmm. and go because, man, they were doing, you know, they would, you know, all kinds of rucks with 50-pound sands, you know, go a quarter mile, come back. You take all these sandbags, throw them over a wall, go over the wall, pick up the sandbags, put them into a mm-hmm. wheelbarrow, wheelbarrow that 100 yards down, pick up some, put another rucksack on, pick up kettlebells, walk those down because those are like ammo cans, go do a course of fire. Then you got to come back, drag this weight coming back, all the stuff that they did, and then do it almost all over again through another shooting thing, then that unstable platform. Oh, that was awesome. For all those guys doing that, man, you guys were awesome as far as the effort you put out. And Sergeant Zenup, you are awesome. He is now on my Twitter feed. I thought I thought the unstable platform with while trying to shoot the star was pretty impressive. It you was know, a, after running and dragging all the sandbags and the wheelbarrow and sleds and and it wasn't like you're dragging it on a, a flat platform of <clears throat> uh you know like a astroturf. You were dragging it through you know just the terrain oh, itself. A field. You know? yeah, yeah, through a field that was just not leveled and anything like that. It was pretty. It was pretty awesome to see. And they were putting in some damn good times. One of them had, like, when we were there, one of them had a 12-minute time. 12 minutes something. 12, 12 minutes plus. And then you you got you got to go through the course of fire, which you figure is 40 rounds through an M4, and then 10 rounds with uh, your pistol. And that dude did not miss a target. Yep. And his so his final time was right at 10 minutes. Yeah, because what they're Amazing. doing is that <clears throat> when you don't miss, it deducts. And when you, when you hit the target. You miss. Deduct 20, 20 seconds. No, you add 20 seconds if you miss. You miss, you add 20 seconds. You're right. Got it. <laughs> you, you, you hit, you deduct. Yes, yes. And so, like, some maybe maybe it took him, say, like, uh, 14 minutes to do the whole thing, but it, they, he had hit all the targets, and I think they were shooting 20 rounds is what he was saying. So they had 20 shots or 20 uh, attempts, at, and he hit every single time, which is pretty damn impressive. So especially but, off that um, unstable platform you were talking about, because I think it was like wow. standing on a Bosa ball and yep. you're actually shooting. And it's funny because we used to, I used to do the same thing, you know, in LAPD, but we, you know, trying to figure out ways to make people feel unbalanced and tired. And, and you know, we used to actually put them, you know, and have them do a thing and then spin them around with a bat on their head. You know, that stupid thing oh, yeah, you do yeah, just yeah. to make them. Yeah. Not, not safe. Cause you're sitting there trying to make sure that they're not going to fall down. They're holding a weapon, all this stuff. But, you're trying to do anything to kind of make the, make it to where it's not comfortable for them. So same thing. It's great. Great job, safer. instructor. Get them dizzy and then give them a loaded weapon. <laughs> exactly. Nice. That's the whole problem. Yeah. Very nice. <laughs> Never had a problem with it. <laughs> oh, man. All right. Well, we had a great week uh, with the USO. We want to thank them so much for bringing us out and uh, all the troops. Uh, we appreciate you. We thank you. And uh, for keeping us safe, giving us an opportunity to do what we love. And uh, thank you so much. So... John, let's go ahead and uh, let's get into this. I, I guess there was a... Pro- I didn't see this because I was uh, slammed all day yesterday. Because you were uh, sleeping. No, I was not sleeping. You know what's funny? Since we've been back, though, yesterday and today, I've gotten some pretty good sleep. 
All right. It's. I mean, we're filming now. It's it's uh, six. It's six in the morning. We normally film an hour earlier, and I'm usually up about an hour and a half earlier. So it's um. Yeah, this is kind of nice. I slept actually till about ten minutes ago. <laughs> I was, there you go. I feel like I'm. I feel like wow. I'm wide awake now. I got. I got a lot of sleep. I was waking up periodically, thinking like, "Man, did I oversleep?" But uh, no, this is good. Uh, July thirtieth. We've July look. Everyone's 30th. been bugging us. Everyone's been bugging you. I don't know. I'm getting probably at least three or four DMs, probably a day, at least every other day. But people going, "When is Patricky versus AJ McKee? When is?" So I'm like. Calm down, guys. It's going to be announced soon. It's going to be announced soon. Yeah, yeah. Well, and well, well, here it is. July 30th at Saitama Super Arena in Japan. We're doing another uh, cross promotion between Ryzen and Bellator. And this is going to be awesome, man. So Horiguchi's last fight, uh, his opponent didn't Did make not weight. work out. Yep, didn't work out, didn't make weight. So guess what? They rolled him right into fighting in Japan, which is going to be amazing. And uh, this is what this is going to be the main event in a rising card is Patricky versus AJ McKee. I cannot wait. Rising Bellator card. Yeah. Rising Bellator. <laughs> yeah, and they got they have uh, some great fights. A couple that are crosses and mm-hmm. overs as far as Bellator guys versus rising guys, but also just rising versus rising yeah. Bellator versus Bellator. But it's a it's a really cool card when you look at it, and it is the inaugural flyweight championship bellator is introducing a 125 pound uh flyweight division it, this one between horiguchi and shinru will be for the title oh wow so that's kind of an interesting uh matchup right there that'll be a five round fight and then you have the five round last world grand prix lightweight matchup for the mm-hmm. first round between aj and patricky like you said i've gotten all kinds of people and i'm, I'm like they're gonna announce it. I just, that's all I can tell you because I can't. I can't sit there and put it out. No. You know. Yes, I knew it was gonna be in Japan. Wasn't sure of the actual date though. Yeah. It took a while to get the actual date. <clears throat> yeah, we were we're a little hesitant. Like you said, like you can't release, and if you work for the company, you can't really release anything. Otherwise, you won't have a job anymore. So sometimes uh, being like that. sometimes being first. Uh, I mean, like if if you yeah. want to find sometimes out, sometimes being like, first is not good because you're last. Yeah, because you can honestly end up losing your job. I mean, you can ask Ariel about that. So you can. Sometimes it's best not to say anything. And uh, but no, this is a uh, this is uh, a this is going to be let a, the company put the information out. Yeah, this is a great this is a great card. I, what's the but let me see what the rest of the card is. But the the main event and then obviously uh, Horiguchi to me is at one twenty five. I would love to see him in uh, DJ. Before DJ again? retires, I'd love to see the two. Of, yeah, again. I can't, John, so much time has passed. Oh, I know. You know. That's the whole point. It's almost like it's almost not. I'm being honest. Like a DJ is fantastic. I love him. But he's getting older. He's 36 years mm-hmm. old now. Where Hor- What's Horiguchi? 33? 32? I think he's 32. I mean, yeah. See, I mean, it's, it's one of those. This is where that trans... You know, it can, it can, but I, first off, I don't want to ever want to see DJ lose again. So <laughs> I don't, don't want to take a chance. I know that's wrong, but it's just the truth. And so that would be, it would be a great matchup and it would be a fantastic fight. Yeah. Look at that. Ooh, what 32. is that? Yeah. See, and he's, he's right at that point of, you know, what's that? What's that noise? Uh, that's uh, hey, it may, it may a the, the sign above me. Hold on. Jeez, buddy. Jeez. Thank you. And then you've got um, Juan Archuleta taking on Asakura for that bantamweight mm-hmm. uh, 
Uh, it's a tournament. It was a yeah, tournament so, for Ryzen. So this is what you guys got. So when we're doing this, look, there's going to be five fights of the Bellator uh, Ryzen combination. And then you're going to have Ryzen's main event um, come in, which is going to be Juan Archuleta, who's fighting Asakura for the for the title in their, in their tournament there at the Bantamweight tournament. So they're going to be in the middle there. It's going to be Big John, myself, um, Sean Grandy, Amanda, and we've got a team that is going over there to to call these five fights. But I'm pumped, man. I'm pumped for this whole thing. I'm pumped for the whole event. This is gonna be a fun fight, fun fun night. Yeah, the, and the best part is it will be live, so you're gonna have to get up at a weird hour to see it if you want to see it live. But they're doing it live, which they should. Any fight, I don't care what card it is, should always be live. Don't do tape delay. Tape delay, stupid and sucks. We got murdered for the longest time. Because people were, um, because we weren't live. And I'm so glad we got away from that. And we just got away from that in just our last show, right, John? It was well, our last show. I think, I think it was the show was, I think it was the show well, right after. It's like the you look at what, what they did with Paris. Yeah, that was live. You know, it's live. And it's, I, it has to be. Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, yeah. how many times, and again, we get, we get all kinds of people saying, all right, it's like, trust me, I'm with you. Mm -hmm. I believe the same thing, but if you haven't figured it out yet, Josh and I are not in charge. <laughs> it's above our pay grade. <laughs> and uh, we sit there and complain all the time, do we yeah, not? Yeah. I mean, it's yeah. so it's so funny. I mean, how many times have you heard DC say, I'd like to see this or see this with the UFC? And Dana's white, Dana White goes, yeah, that's why DC doesn't make the decisions. And that's exactly what happens. You would love for things like this to happen. Like you want something to be, you want something to be changed, but it's got to be up to the, to the brass, baby, the higher brass there. That's it. But, uh, this should be a fun fight, man. This should be a great card. And I'm excited for all of this. And, uh, AJ McKee versus Patricky has finally been announced. Tofik Mosayev is versus an unknown fighter, but they've got some time. Yep. He's on the card. That. And there's also that other, that kid. I can't think of his name. Damn it. He's from. I want to say he's from Azerbaijan also, mm -hmm. and he's been fighting and rising. He's freaking tough. Tough dude. And I can't think of his name, but he's going to be on that card too. Okay. Oh, there he is. Uh, Karamov. 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 Yeah. Is he with us? We'll got to cut him off. Did he sign with us or is he with Ryzen? No, he's with Ryzen. You know who I'm excited to see fight is that young kid. I think he's fighting in uh, Chicago. It's Timur. I can't remember oh. his last name. K uh, Kailov, K Kalik, Kar no, no, Fiziev, Fiziev, no, is it Fiziev? Yeah, he's 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 going to be a little stud. What is he like? Twenty one? I think he's twenty yeah, years he's, old. I'll tell you what. There's a there's a young kid you're going to really like. His it's Timur. Bellator signed him. Not Fiziev. Timur. T I M. It's T I M U R. T no T I M U R. Is his first name. <laughs> I can get it for you. John's echoing. Are you are you hearing me okay, John? Because I just Kizriev. Kizriev. I just spelled Kizriev. his name. Yeah. <laughs> oh, John. That's him. Yes, that's I'm him. In... How old is he? Oh, he's 27. Yeah. I thought he was younger. No. I thought he was a baby. Maybe it's because he seemed like a baby when I talked to him. He seems so he seems like so young. All right, there guys, is a wrong. kid that you're gonna you're gonna really like though, and you're gonna be calling his fight. Uh, who's this? His name is Max Mesger, and uh, he he is from originally from Illinois. Now he's out of. He, I think he's living in Ohio now. Mm -hmm. But this kid wrestled. There was a. I'm trying to think of the name of it. It's the something 
Forest River, Oak Forest River High School is known for the wrestling program. The very first, he was on the very first, they won the national championship. The very first team from Illinois ever ranked number one in wrestling, which is pretty amazing across the country. Hmm. Uh, that's where the kid wrestled at. But he, as a amateur, 7-0. and But this will be his first pro fight, but the kid can fight. He's fun look, to watch. Look this Smart kid up fighter. there. Who, who is it? Look him up. His name is Max Mezger. Max Mezger. Let's, yeah. Come on, Dave. Metzger. Get on this. What's taking you so long, Metzger. Buddy? Metzger. I'm sorry. Metzger. Jeez. There you go, Max. There you go. Oh. Uh, can't see he's him. He's 0 0. Yeah. What gym is he at? Look at his amateur. <sighs> Ronin Training Center. He, yeah, in Ohio. Okay. But if you if you look, uh, go to his uh, history there, go up a little mm-hmm. bit. <clears throat> and the, the impressive part is he's got two decisions, both, you know, bookending mm-hmm. his fights. But he likes to strike, but he uses his wrestling to get to where he wants to be. Kid can wrestle. He went. The amazing part of him is, he was on that national team. He was one of the, the lead wrestlers in it. But he got a academic scholarship to Ohio State. He oh. didn't get a wrestling scholarship. Academic scholarship. So the kids got brains. I love him. Well, I want people to understand that. Look, just because a lot of these fighters punch themselves, start punch people in the face, or they get punched in the face. A lot of them are very educated. That's what people, they don't, they don't realize. I mean, I think that may start falling by its side a little bit only because people want, are starting to get into the sport a lot younger now. No different than say football and basketball and baseball. You know, they're playing at a young age, but a lot of them use that opportunity to get themselves into college and maybe play the one year or the one and done or whatever it is in, in basketball if they need to and play sports in college to get a little bit of an education and then move on to pro sports in fighting. I mean, you can really just kind of wrestle in college, but a lot of them academically are extremely smart. They just chose or they choose to be fighters and and take that run because they know they don't have much time to make as much money as they possibly can, especially to see if they can be the best. You can always go back to school. Not that you will. I'm not. The stats show that you normally don't go back. And the stats show that you did not. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) You know, But it was one of those things. I actually told myself I would go back. But I also thought that I would be done with my career a little bit earlier. I didn't think it was going to last as long as it did. But I also was considering joining the military. I always wanted to join the Air Force because I wanted to jump out of planes. I was a very weird person. Air Force doesn't jump out of planes. Air Force flies planes. I wanted to fly planes, and I wanted to jump out of planes. Okay, let me tell you something. If you are flying the plane, Mm -hmm. and then you're jumping out of it, there's something fucking wrong with the plane. Probably something I did to it. <laughs> yep. I wanted to be the first uh the first real top gun, buddy. It was awesome. Okay. No, it would have been great. Um no, but um look, Chuck Liddell graduated from Slow. Brandon Gatour graduated from Oklahoma State. You know, Hendo and all these guys, they all have they're they all graduated from college. Now I know it's a new different generation. Yeah. But to say that these fighters are not academically smart or to say that these and no one's saying that, but I'm simply no. pointing this out. People look at fighters and they think that they're stupid, they're dumb. You know, it's just, it's just not true. A lot of them are extremely smart. A lot of them are very well educated. A lot of them have have learned somewhat the hard ways on um, what it takes to take care of their money, take care of themselves, take care of their own family that they that they've um, that they have. 
So wow. not a lot of us came for money. Not a lot of fighters came for money. And so they, I think a lot of them you're going to see do very well, uh, not academically, but uh, financially, because they know what it was like to not grow to up. To not have money. money. But to then it have goes money. up. Away. It could be the other way, though, too. Some of the, you know. It can. It can. I've seen it. Too many but times. This is the other. I think I think because MMA, and I'm not, no way am I saying this is a good thing. I think because MMA fighters don't make what NBA players and, and NFL players and baseball players make is that they have they have to realize, look, this isn't a lot of money. And they know that. And so I have to be very smart with it. Whereas if we were all to get that signing bonus of three, four million dollars right off the bat and then, you know, making, you know, a, you know, that, two million that many a year, times is the problem that, that would change. You think that it's going to be there forever. Yep, and not only that, you're like, oh man, I'm rich. Like I've got all this money. No, man, yeah. no, no, it doesn't last as long as you think, you know. Yeah. And uh, you know, that, why? Why do you think you see guys like Charles Barkley and and um, and Shaquille O'Neal and you know Troy Aikman and these guys still doing commentary? Because not only do they get paid a ton of money, keeps them involved in the sport, but it keeps them active and busy. But they. Their lifestyles have, have created them to live probably a little bit outside the means that they used to provide for themselves. And now this is a good He's doing okay. Shaq's doing just fine. Shaq's doing just fine. Shaq is doing Shaq has, just fine. Shaq has so many businesses. It's crazy. I mean, he's, he's done very well. Congratulations to him. He deserves every bit of it. Have you heard, have you heard what he tells his kids? When his kids say, they ask for something and they say something he's like and uh he tells them no he's like you go get me you go get me a business degree don't go get me some sociology yeah. degree or whatever he's no you go oh, get yeah, me a yeah. business degree you bring it home he's like and now you can be part of what i'm doing he's like otherwise he's like we aren't rich i'm rich and i thought that was <laughs> we. i thought that There's was no the we. i got that was the greatest line cuz he said he had heard his kids he had overheard his kids telling somebody Telling like other kids that he was rich or that they were rich. He's like, yeah, we're rich. He's like, you know, and then there he's, he's like, hey, we. come here. Come here, boy. <laughs> he said, tells the story. Come here, boy. I don't want you telling your friends that we are rich. No, no. I think you misunderstood this. I am rich. <laughs> it's just so funny. His deep voice. It's so great. Yeah. I thought like, man, I think it's hilarious when uh, parents are like that because it's true. Like, no, hey, I worked right. hard for all this. You know, it's fun. Trevor Prangley used to tell me, and I thought it was kind of was like, you got to be kidding me, man. He's like, look, when I die, he's like, I'm not, he's like, I'm not, my kids, I'm not leaving my kids anything. I worked hard for all this. I'm not leaving them anything. He's like, I'm, right. I mean, obviously he's gonna, he's got a house and all these other things, but it's like, he's going to leave him something, but it's like, he's like, no, I'm going to spend every penny I have in the bank, all these things. And I'm like, man, how See, can you I'm do all that about to kids? No, that's really? bullshit. Yes, because see, I look at it the same way. All right, you know, my parents, you know, they sit there and they'll say, "Oh, you know, when I leave, I don't want anything," and I'm serious. I, I, I don't want anything. You don't owe me anything. You did exactly what you were supposed to do. You raised me. You paid for everything when I was a kid, and when I went out on my own, it was time for me to be a man and fucking take care of myself. And so, it's you know, the things that I want, I'd want for my parents are stupid things to other people it would be you know something that reminds me of them a little thing that that's that reminds me of what mm -hmm. i did with my dad in that situation or my mom but it's like i look at it you know my kids hey i paid for all everything did i, I don't owe anything now if yeah. they get something fine but 
you don't owe your kid. Once you've done the right thing and you've, you know, paid for your kids and trust me, Jossie, you're not in that position yet mm. because your kids are very young. It's not going to stop when they're 18. You <laughs> still pay John, for them. John's you're got a farm because of his daughter. <laughs> yeah, there you go. You're still paying for them when they're 30 something, right? But that's, that's okay because that's your choice in putting you this know your money crazy. towards that or anything like that. But it never ends. You're no. always paying. Eventually, I think somehow it kind of switches it around. You know, and, you know, as I have like my father-in-law living on the the farm with us here and stuff, and you know, and now he gets his little you know he's got a pension thing that he's got and stuff. But you know, he never. You know, I buy dinners all the time. I mean, I never. It's, but it, that that's yeah. the payback. There comes that point. It has to be that way too. You know, it's um. I know we're getting off topic, off fights and stuff. Oh yeah, it's just a little bit. This is, but this is kind of when you say like you don't want to leave anything for your kids, and it's funny because when my dad passed, my dad passed. When Not I was that young. I don't want to. I don't. It's they don't deserve. There's no deserving with it. Yeah, that's true. Is that when my dad passed? I just, I was like, I, I remember all the things in his house, and I was like, okay, I'll take that. I'll take that. But everything else, I was like, I don't want any of this. I don't want any of it. Like it didn't didn't matter. Like. So a lot of it I just gave away. I donated. I gave away whatever it was. Sure. But I have one thing now after all these years. I mean, we're coming up on over 20 years. He's been gone. But it's like uh, I have one thing. I have his tool ch- I have his tool uh, box. So I have his old uh, Craftsman toolbox that he had, he had okay. you know, since I was a kid, since I was like probably and Every four. time you look at it, what does it remind yeah, you? Yeah, exactly. It reminds me of my dad. That's the point. But everything else in the house, every little thing in the house, I don't even, I don't even look at it. I don't like, I don't have it. I don't have any of it. Just the toolbox. But uh, what I do remember, it's funny, as I do remember, is just, you know, dad carrying me on his shoulders, us going to the river, and we, you and I have had these conversations about do things with your kids. It's about make memories, you Absolutely. know, um, traveling That's wherever what it about. was. My dad and I used to make, we we would do overnight trips and he would drive all the way through the night. I didn't realize how fun it was um, or how great he, how great it was to have someone that would do that. We would leave from Chico, drive all the way down to Huntington Beach to meet the rest of our family, you know, and spend the weekend on the beach and he would drive all the way back. That's a fucking like nine hour drive, almost 10 hour drive every single time, you know, and he would drive through the night so he could get me to school back in time and he could get to work back in time. But it was just the way that he he functioned. Like, hey, he would do whatever he could. Those type of memories are the things that I remember the most. Creating memories with your kids is the most important thing, you know. Absolutely. And uh, <clears throat> going places, doing things. You know, we would go up to the rivers, spend the whole weekend on the river, and uh, have fun with a bunch of buddies, and you know, just rafting, whatever it was. We'd spend time. Those are the memories you remember. Those are the, the most important parts of the relationship that I ever have with my father. And uh, you never think it's going to end, but it does eventually. But it's it's something that I think a lot of people instead of trying instead of trying to buy your kids shit or give them stuff, make memories. Just make memories, man. Like when we drove to um, Texas, <clears throat> we hit the Grand Canyon, we hit Hoover Dam, we went into the helicopter, we went down into the Grand Canyon, had lunch, came back out, you know, zip See, lining, okay. all these things. And let are me ask you this, okay? And so this is the whole point. And I tell people, if there's one thing that they can't take from you. Yep. memories you can lose the house you can lose the cars you can lose the money all of it mm-hmm. until the day you die the memories will remain and there's, there's always something you can look back on with you know a lot of pride and joy because if you talk about you you've talked to me about the 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 helicopter ride it wasn't the helicopter ride no you know, what was it 
It was it was the two of them on the headsets talking to each other. That's yeah, all they cared they about. Go. They didn't they didn't That's care it. about how high they were in the helicopter. They didn't care about anything. They just cared about the two of them being able to talk to each other through the headset. It was pretty funny. It was <laughs> and all it was it, and all it was was them just saying each other's names back and forth. Just saying, can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. That was it. That was it. (laughs) But see, that's it. That's the best part. Uh, Sometimes it's silly things. I know we got off topic, but let's get back into the to the Bellator. Did July thirtieth. It's going to be great. It's going to be. It's going to like you said. It's going to be live. So I believe it airs uh, local time in Japan around like what one thirty in the afternoon, two two in the afternoon, sometime around there. But that'll be about one a.m. or twelve to midnight, one a.m. back at home. So. All the people that were complaining to me that it was, oh, it's on tape delay. I already know the results because Bellator ruins it by posting it on Instagram. Well, they're going to be posting them live. So you better either stay off your internet if you're going to sleep in and not watch it live. That's it. Um, or just stay up, which I think, I got to be honest, at midnight, I think people will stay up and watch it. I, I, I just, like, it's when it's at kidding? four in the morning I, and five in the every morning. Every UFC, like, I'm up at, I'm up at one thirty in the morning watching. Oh, that's true. You are true. That's right. I forget you live on the East Coast. That's going to change for me too because I'll be in the what in yes, uh, Central. What, what Central. was that Central time? Central. Time. Yeah, that's going to suck, man. No, <laughs> that's it's great. It's going to be great. It's going to be great. See, Dave. Even Dave knows it's going to be great. Dave just likes because I'll be closer to him. <laughs> that's all. No, no he's, he he thinks he's going to like it, but what's going to happen is mm-hmm. we're going to do a show and Dave's going to do his normal stuff where you know he starts to like try to push buttons and do his thing and we're gonna say all right see you guys later boom and we're done and you're gonna get in the car and you're gonna drive down there and all of a sudden two hours later dave's gonna have a knock at his door and he's gonna go what what (laughs) yep and he's gonna see you know what's gonna happen right it's gonna come up on his phone because he has ring it's gonna come up on his phone he's like fuck he's here what am i gonna do now he's just gonna <laughs> tanya tanya go answer the door tanya go answer yeah, the door. you know he's gonna, he's ben, gonna no, the, lincoln ben go the get the door yeah he's gonna send the kids so because right. he knows like <laughs> he knows i got a swap spot for kids he would be like go ahead link go get the door go ahead uncle yeah. josh is there go ahead go get go the say, door. Go say hi to uncle josh Sneaker and then hold on to his leg. Put you in a sleeper hold. A sleeper hold. I haven't heard it been called that in so many years. That's going to be great. <laughs> you do realize I could give it to you 100% and there's no way you would finish it. Uh, that sounds really filthy it's, and dirty, it's, but it's, I don't uh, want to know what that means. Yeah. <laughs> if, I gave you, if I gave you the choke, there was just there'd be no way you could finish it. Uh, I'm pretty uh, sure when we filmed uh, a podcast of Brendan ooh. Job, you choked me out in the lobby. I choked you out in the lobby. <laughs> yeah, I remember. I remember uh, you snuck up behind me like a like a little loser, and then you <laughs> like just a choked loser. in there, <laughs> and I passed out. Oh, that would be great. He just called you a lizard, dude. Yeah, <laughs> a loser. A loser. Yeah, I can't understand him. <laughs> Dave, do you have that video I sent you of? Um, of the of the Scottish guy in the box, the di- uh, big John in the lane sent it to oh, me. Oh, dude, that thing is a stir. That was uh, so great. Well, a couple people sent it to me. I said, I think. <laughs> did a couple people send it to you? I thought it was great. Yeah, man. I thought it was so funny. It's not funny um, anymore. <laughs> yeah, it was great. <laughs> All right, well, hey, that's gonna wrap up the Bellator talk on this. Uh, but hey, looking forward to that event. We're gonna be there live. John and I'll be calling it, and uh, should be fun, man. This should be a good fire right here. I'm excited for this one too. 
You got uh, UFC Fight Night. You've got As- uh, Tom Aspinall versus, uh, what's his first name? Marcin? Marcin Tabura. 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 Um, Tom should be able to get this fight to the ground. I think once the fight hits the ground, he'll be able to dominate the fight. Uh, but he is coming off of the injury, and sometimes yeah. the confidence isn't what it was before, you know, and wondering and if, if there's it's one stable. thing Tabura is, the dude's a gamer, man. He's, he yeah. hangs in there, he can be the nail. Until all of a sudden things turn and he becomes the hammer. Yeah. He's got power, man. He's got power. He's power. a beast. He's, you know, I'm, he's so funny because for a while he was just a punching bag for a lot of the yeah. heavyweights. And then now as he's yeah. gotten better, he understood, like he's also kind of started to get his cardio a little bit better. He's still there in that Much second better. and third round. And um, he's not just a lump on the log now when he hits his back. He's not just hanging out there. He's he's trying to get back to his feet. He's trying to frame away. He's trying to make space. You know, I think Aspinall is going to be too much. I've got high hopes. i got really high hopes for Tom Aspinall. I think he's a fantastic heavyweight. I'm looking forward to seeing him really make a big name for himself in the heavyweight division. And I've said this before. If he has a little bit more wrestling, if he ha- and I know he's got the jiu-jitsu. He's got some good stand-up. It's not great, but he can grow on it. I really look, I'm really excited to see if he ends up being the champion later on because I think he's got a great chance of being the heavyweight champ. If I look at the guys that are there now, outside of John Jones, man, outside you of that. You are schlep rocking this poor guy. I love it, man. I think he's going to be a, he's a phenomenal. Him. Give me somebody that Give me somebody that has the skill level that he has right now in that heavyweight division. I wow. mean, they, they've got it, but they're not, like, they're, they're not putting it together like him right now. <clears throat> The, the, here, I swear to God, you know what? Every time I look at Tom Aspinall, you know what I what I see? Podcast Dave Velasquez. Oh, no, Kane Velasquez. Really? Yeah, because of I'm worried about him being injury prone, and I, it could be that he's not. You know, mm-hmm. but you got to figure like the knee injury that occurred was self induced. It wasn't anything that occurred. You know, based upon you know he just took a step, and it can happen to anyone. It's not you know. It's not like he did anything wrong, but that injury, you look at for a highly trained athlete to have that injury at that moment, you know, is you look and you go, shit, that's just crap luck. Okay. But was it, or is he that guy that, you know what, because he trains really hard to get to that fight that he becomes, you know, to the point where he almost becomes brittle off of, he's worked himself into that point of he's, you know, is he overtrained? Is he not? And I just hope I want to see him go through this fight. And whether he wins or loses, I'm not worried about it. I want to see him go through it and have a good performance and you know, make it through the fight injury free, no problems, can come back and fight again within three months or so. That's gonna be a uh that like that. <sighs> All right. Yeah. You know what? It's not what you know. Cause I, I actually look at it, man, I'm seeing because of his talent, like you're saying. I'm seeing Cain Velasquez, you know, a guy that all the talent in the world, but all of a sudden it starts to become injury prone. Dave, pull up the heavyweight division for uh, <clears throat> for the UFC. I look at the guys. That, who did he get hurt against? Was it Curtis Blades? Curtis Blades. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> so when I look at that division, I think Curtis can give him a hard go because of the wrestling, have the control from the top position. He's got good striking. He's still fast. I know he's coming off of a loss. Stipe, I think, is just going to be... They're going to eventually have to take Stipe out of the rankings. From what I understand, the John yes. Jones and Stipe fight is kind of falling all by its side. I don't know if they weren't able to That's come... That's what I... I've heard that that is not going to happen. Okay. So then so then, what do you do with John Jones? <clears throat> John really only wanted to Sergey. fight... 
Oh, you got Sergey Pavlovich. That's his next. No, I I agree. But then, from what I understand, John really only had his sights set on fighting uh, Stipe and then moving on. But Dana can't make somebody fight. No, I get it. You know, it's like the UFC can't make. They can't sit there and say, Stipe, you must fight John Jones. That's what he wants. I understand that John wants that fight, and I understand why John wants that fight. But doesn't mean that that's what he's going to get. What I'm looking through here, though, John. Sorry, yeah. excuse me. There's a there's a couple guys in there that I think match up well with Aspinall. And yeah, Jelton Almeida is one. Yeah, of them. I was just about to point that out. Yeah, yeah, he does. He matches up well. He's strong. He's a beast. I think he matches up well with him. But like this is this is where I think we're going to start to see that little changing of the guard. You've got Pavlovich be. that's there right now. You've got Aspinall, and you've got uh, Almeida, even Spivak. Those four right there, I think, are the future of the heavyweight division. You know, Ty is a great fighter to Uvasa, but he's one he's one dimensional. Volkov has yep. proven to be also one dimensional. His body frame gives better. people heart. Yeah, but he's also getting older. That's true. You know, and he's been around a long time. People forget he was in Bellator yes, also, is. and then he came over to the yeah. UFC. Um, <clears throat> you know, Derek Lewis is making his way down versus up. Same thing with Rosenstruck, down, not up. Dacus yep. is a small heavyweight. You know, um, Romanov could start making his way up, but <clears throat> he's got a long ways to go. I really look at the guys like Surogon. You've got Surogon, Sergey, Tom Aspinall, <clears throat> Spivak, and Almeida. I see those five guys or those four or five guys being, being the top five coming up here pretty soon. <clears throat> Unless they start Could signing be. some other heavyweights that can get, make some splashing noises. But Curtis, he has the most well-roundedness. He just can't seem to catch a break, man. Boy. He keeps uh, he's, he wins one, two, and then he loses. Then he yep. wins one, two, and then he loses. So exactly, yep. <clears throat> but um, I mean, one. this this fight, this is a good this is a good return fight for Tom Aspinall to try it to is. build some confidence on the knee. And, and for, it's all, look at it's really a good fight for Tybura. It is. It's a good fight for him. <clears throat> yep, if he can stuff a takedown or two and make him work hard and try to touch him with the hands. You know, he's got yep. a good chance. So I'm excited yep. for this fight. Both of them are just fucking, they're both great fighters. Looking forward to it. All right, next, what do you got for us, John, uh, Dave? John. Yeah, John. <laughs> um, we got we got another fight in this one here, Vicente Luque and Rafael Sanchez in August. This is a great matchup. I love this fight as far as, it, but this is one you're definitely going to see. You know, RDA is shown how he fights in the welterweight division and this is a welterweight fight and he's he's got good stand-up and he'll use that to get to the takedown but he's going to be pressuring for the takedown against Luke the whole time the question is can he get it before he gets hit with some shots that hurt him but this is a great matchup I, I really and I think this fight you're looking at it you're going every time that Vicente Luque fights for the most part I'm going to watch because he's had some unbelievable fights because he just comes to he comes to brawl even though he's got a lot of technical skill he's a technician but rda it is getting more towards the end of the career too josh yeah you know and it's he's had a lot of wars but he's still he's still a dog man he'll, he'll get in there and he's going to cause anyone problems i think i think rda is probably going to be favored to win this fight i think you're right i think he might be <clears throat> I, I, i'm not sure he will uh, yeah, I, I'm not sure he'll win the fight, but I, I think he's got a good opportunity because I think after one or two takedowns, if he can get one or two takedowns and Vic, Vicente, the way he's been fighting, 
has been showing that he has kind of went back to being more one-dimensional. He was good at stuff yeah. and takedowns. He was good at letting the hands go and letting the kicks go. Now he's reverted back to boxing. And what you're going to see is fighters start to put miles on themselves. They start getting rid of some of the tools that they had when they were in their prime. A lot of top fighters, what they would do is what they would mix it up. They have good wrestling. They mix in the submissions. They became really well-rounded. But as they get which older, made them difficult as they, to fight. As they yeah, which made them difficult to fight. But as they started putting miles on themselves, they start getting rid of oh, wrestling's a little bit too difficult. They don't wrestle as much. And then oh, they don't grapple as much because they don't wrestle as much. So now and then then all of a sudden they stop kicking because you know, oh, I hurts my foot or my shin or my legs are banged well, up or hurt. whatever it is. It does hurt. But when you're in your prime, all of those things didn't matter. But as you've gotten more miles on your body, more miles on on your career, it just it starts to add up and then you start throwing tools out that you used to use all the time that was making you so good and now you become just what a boxer yeah. and in this much situ- easier to deal with for every yeah. everybody that steps in the cage with you now size wise i mean like vicente's he's the thicker guy uh you know probably a little bit taller but i mean yeah. rda is someone which we do- you know what's funny is Physically rda doesn't get the strong. credit he deserves Oh, no. He's, former, dude, he's been fantastic. Former lightweight world champ. When the lightweight world champ, when being the lightweight world champ, you know, um, was one of the difficult weight classes to win the title in. I mean, it still is. Don't get me wrong. It still is. But, I mean, the bantamweights and the featherweights have really made the name for themselves. Uh, uh, but the lightweights are still, the, it's still one of the toughest weight classes to win the title in. And now he's up at, now he's up at uh, welterweight, making some changes. But he's making the adjustment. He understands who he fights. There's a way, there's a way to victory. And his way to victory in this fight, he can stand with him. He can let the inside leg kicks go. He can he can stand with him, John. He can. Okay, but okay, he's not going to make it. He's not going to make it. Josh, what's the difference here? Josh, what's the difference? If you take a look at Vicente Luque and where he has problems, it's when guys can really out-wrestle him or they have mm-hmm. a lot of power. Mm-hmm. Yeah, RDA so- in the stand-up doesn't have the power to really hurt Luke unless he hits him with the perfect shot. Okay, Luke can take a shot, and and if he and if he can walk through the shots that RDA is throwing, that's going to make a big difference in this fight. The guys that fight Vicente Luque, they hit and they run, they hit and they run, they th- you know. But the thing is, that RDA is so good at hitting and realizing that he's hurt you and finishing with a kick or following up with another shot. He is so good at putting it all together and understanding. I don't just I need a, I don't I don't just need a pot shot you and run like a lot of these other guys that I've fought. He's he's gonna land and he's gonna continue to go after it if he realizes that oh that was a good shot. Okay, I can go ahead and land another one, maybe even a third or a fourth. That's what the difference is gonna be. He's got championship material at the top there where he he's been the champ. He understands what it takes to be the champ. He understands all of these little intricacies that made him the champ. A lot of these guys that Vicente's fought as of recently that he's lost to, those guys, they haven't been champ. They don't, they don't, they're missing that one little thing that RDA has. He's already had it. He's been there. He's done that. And I'm not saying, look, I'm not saying he's going to stand and bang. I'm not saying that. But I think the speed of RDA, he will be faster than Vicente Luque. And I also think that he's going to be able to mix it up a little bit more to keep Vicente guessing. Now, I think the size, if you look at Vicente, right, his hips, I mean, his waistline, his trunk, Big it legs. seems like it's filled out a lot more. And he's slowed down because of that. His last couple of fights, his waistline wasn't as, is not as small or as thin as it used to be. And John, he looks like he's starting to kind of like 
slow down. He's putting the weight on. He's building almost like he's building too much muscle for his body. And it's kind of hindered his performances. I could be wrong, but I look at old pictures and old videos of him fighting and he looked a little bit more light on his feet. Now he's more plodding, stalking, and and just not as fast. And RDA is he's he understands where he's at in his career. Look, I'm gonna be the I'm gonna be the smaller welterweight, but they, I'm gonna fight at the comfortable weight where I know that I can get all this done. He's the guy that I, I can wrestle you. I'm not gonna get tired. I can stand with you. I can still got my speed. Okay, and maybe I don't have as much power as you guys, but I'm gonna hit you four or five times that maybe I could put you away. He's gonna See, he's I, gonna have to I put like on a master class performance to win this fight, but I think he can. Yes. And and the the real difference is again, guys that give Vicente look guys that are true wrestlers, guys that chain their techniques together in that wrestling takedown well, where they catch him as he's trying to stop one thing, they're moving to the next, and then he tries to catch up to that, and then the last technique, boom, he's hitting the ground. Arde doesn't have that. He does not have that type of wrestling. Now, he's good on the ground. I'm not saying he's not, but he doesn't have that type of wrestling. Yep. And to sit there and think that he's going to hurt Vicente Luque and put him to the ground with shots, I'm just not sure that he has that power either because he's not a power striker. He's a volume striker. Well, tell that to and, Benson Henderson. Well, Benson Henderson, he got hit with some big shots. Yeah. You know, but it was multiples. And that's what, like I said, he's a volume guy. He hits, you know, the same as you. Mm-hmm. You know, you've knocked guys out, but you're not a power striker. You're a volume striker. That's what RDA is. He's not that guy that has that one punch power. Yeah. He's not the guy that's normally going to launch somebody, you know, into a different, you know, universe based upon one shot. You know, he's got a good chin. He's always had a good chin, and that's one of the things I think is, you know, you know, one of the elements that is. In his favor in this fight, he can take a shot because Luke is going to hit him and he's going to hit him hard. But he can do that and he can get into that that takedown. The question for me is the cardio. How much energy does he put out trying to get those takedowns, and can he get them? Pull up Vicente's record because didn't he just lose by TKO his last fight? He lost to Jeff Neal. Yeah, yeah, he lost it yeah. by TKO. Correct. I believe so. Yeah. Yeah, and then he lost the one no, before that been, too. Might have been KO. It was KO. No, yeah. so KO. So that's on yeah. his mind. You know, confidence is everything. We talked sure. about this. And this two is losses be... in a row. No so doubt two about losses it. in a row. With the Bilal fight, you say, and I'm going to agree with you, that Bilal will wrestle together. He'll also stick and move. I mean, he had a lot yes. of good stand-up in that fight. He didn't just he wrestle. Did, but he, and, and he did, but he, when you look at his takedowns, look, he's an educated wrestler and a guy that can really change his techniques together, and that's how he ended up getting... You know, mm-hmm. Luke to the ground a lot, and that's that's what got him the win. But Bilal, Bilal's out here in San Jose right there. now. Bilal's out here in San Jose right now, training with Habib and those guys. Okay, they're all well, out here. So that just shows that he's a smart guy. But you can take a look at those, you know, the the prior fights here. You know, Luke's fought really good fighters. You know, and he has fought guys that are were champions, and he's mm-hmm. he's gotten wins from them. He is. A guy with a ton of skill, but he's got power because that power makes a difference in what when guys want to come in to try to get that mm-hmm. takedown. But I guess I'm going to continue to make the argument. You're right; he doesn't have the wrestling to chain it all together. But guys like Bilal, guys like Michael Chiesa, those guys don't have the stand up that RDA has. 
the threat of the stand-up of the kicks, putting it all together, combinations coming from the Southpaw stance. That threat is not it's not the same. You know, and I think you saw a little bit with Jeff Neal. He's got good takedown defense and he can and he's got power and he can throw his combinations and what he throws. Um and we saw and I think at the stage of where Luke is, I'm gonna give because RDA has the championship experience of fighting world class. And not that Luke hasn't. He just hasn't got to that top level. Dave, what in the hell are you doing? <laughs> Stretching. Oh, I can Hold hear it. you. I don't even want to know what Jeez, he was doing Good thing there. your camera's because off, that man. Was that was really bad. Sounds Thank like you're pulling God your helmet off. off. Holy shit. Dave's in over there. I don't know. I don't know what you were stretching. Yeah. Man, it obviously <laughs> felt really good. Oh, yeah. It was, like, it was so good. Jeez, man. <laughs> Sound like you're pulling your helmet off, buddy. Calm down on the other side of this thing. <laughs> that was oh, great. Lord. I'm, I'm, look, John, anytime someone comes off of a loss, not only just a loss, but a KO loss, mm-hmm. they, they're not even the same fighter they were the fight before. He's lost two in a row now. He's questioning his whole career right now. If I lose three in a row, it's pretty much a wrap. I mean, you're thinking to yourself, this is a wrap. You know, I mean, I kind of, you're, people are thinking normally retirement after three in a row. And it becomes a snowball effect. You've like everything I've been working on, it's just not working. All right. We're going to do this because you, I'm not you betting have, you. I'm not betting you. No, yes, you are because no, you not. have evened up. No, you don't owe me any steak dinners anymore. We're going for a steak dinner. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, I bought I bought John a steak dinner this last weekend, and now he's That's like right. even. So, Where are you oh geez. Um, but I think it's I think that fight's going to be a better fight than we're we're than you're giving RDA credit for. No, I, I think it's a great fight. I just I favor Vicente Luque okay. in it. You're favoring RDA, and that's okay. That's 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 why it's a good fight. I'm going with the lightweight champ, the former lightweight you champ. That's that. what I'm doing. I'm going with my guy right here. That's why <laughs> I'm going. I'm guy. a ride or die with the lightweights, baby. <laughs> I'm going to stick, going to stick to my own, baby. That's what I'm doing. I'm riding with my Steak people. Steak dinner, baby. Steak dinner with, on this one. I'm riding with my people. So <laughs> let's go, RDA. Let's go, baby. Let's go. Let's go, baby. All right. All right. Steak dinner it is. Uh, all right. God, um, just, just not, just not provisions in Chicago because I can't afford that. <laughs> no, <shit>. no. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, uh, right, before we move on to some more content, uh, I want you guys to go to OnlyFans.com slash weighing in. John, I'm looking for equal pay across the board, and I want equal pay for men and women, but also for women on, on OnlyFans. OnlyFans. I That's want right. equal pay for us. Women. I women, want for us. I mean, just take a look at the inequality of I know pay. it's such a, it's such a disaster. It's just so wrong. I know. I know. <laughs> women are getting paid more. I mean, that's just yeah, not fair. Well, I wonder, I, why. I wonder if women get paid more in the uh, in the um, cocktail industry, like in terms of <laughs> that came out wrong. <laughs> came in in like you know waiter or a waitress or in the you know and those I, they've got to make more money. They've got to. So why why you know I'm sure I mean look at OnlyFans. OnlyFans is just ridiculous. The, the the difference in pay is just ridiculous on OnlyFans. But hey, you guys can also subscribe to us over there for free. See, we don't even charge. See, a lot of the women charge. We don't even charge because we we just we've got to try to build the following first before we can charge. But we we're not going to charge anyways. So we want you guys to follow us over at OnlyFans.com slash weighing in. It is free. We're taking fan questions from over there. Actually, we're going to do some fan questions here in a little bit. And uh, we got the, a lot of those from our OnlyFans account, so we want to make sure you guys follow us over there. It is free. We don't. John's not posting any uh, 
you know, uh, butt picks or anything like that or any assless chaps picks. But Josh has a Manscaped ad on there that has a little bit of my ass showing <laughs> and some of my legs, baby. <laughs> Woo! But, uh, yes, so um, follow us over there at OnlyFans.com slash weighing in. All right, let's get into something else there, Don. What do you got? Well, the day before the Bellator Ryzen from Japan on July 30th, we have an incredible, and this is a fight that should have happened before. Finally, they've gotten it together. Errol Spence Jr. versus Terrence Crawford on July 29th from Las Vegas. That is one hellacious boxing match that's bringing the very best together and that's the way it should be do you feel like boxing kind of thinks boxing like, always blows it by having it five years after it should have uh, happened should have happened i know it's crazy and the thing is it's not like either one of these guys have been super active no well, like they're literally just sitting on their cash going all right cool when's my next fight okay now i want to put this one together i mean but this should be the fight that this should be the fight that like should sell huge pay-per-views, should really get people back into boxing. Um, I was expecting the same thing from a little bit from the Loney, Loma Loney, <laughs> Loma Haney Loney. fight. Yeah. The Loma Haney fight, their numbers weren't great in pay-per-view buys. No. I mean, if you look it up, I think they only did like two hundred thousand. I don't even know if they Damn, did. That's I it. I don't even know if they did two hundred, John. Wow. Yeah, 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 I think money's getting I, tight too, and and some of these pay per views are getting a little ridiculous in the price for. You oh, know. yeah, they're trying to make up for it. They're trying to make up for the fact that people aren't buying them because everyone's streaming them. They they're gonna have to come up. I think the pay per view model is gonna become dead here pretty dying. shortly. It is it's dying. Dying. Um, <clears throat> you you've got you know you've got tons of people that can. And I don't, I'm not one of them because I'm not. You put me behind a computer screen. I'm like, hey, how do I turn this thing on? Um. <laughs> <laughs> And John, you're laughing, but you know you're the exact same. Oh, dude, I'm worse. <laughs> what are you talking about? Stealing something? Oh, man. I got to pay. That's the, the only one... way I know how to get it is by pushing that button that yep. says buy pay-per-view. Oh, I watch a lot on the side on my phone, right? I just hit the double click for the face thing, facial recognition to charge my credit card. Yep, so I watch a lot of it from my phone or my iPad because I'm usually traveling when it's going on or I'm out and about. So, uh, But this is, I think this is a fight right here that... They can save boxing, not save boxing forever, but save boxing for at least. And I think I think it can bring boxing from the depths of shit, you know, to back on top a little bit. I, I really believe. Look, if this fight is so close and it's so good, we can see a number two. And if you yeah. end up seeing, if you end up seeing, okay, I thought I won. Okay, and people were saying, well, the other guy won, back and forth, and we see them fight again. This could bring boxing. Like, okay, and this we haven't had a trilogy fighter. We haven't had a, a good, you know a good matchup in years that has brought recognition to, to the sport in a positive way. Hopefully the judges don't screw this one up, but I think it's going to be a good fight, man. <laughs> I really think. Are you trying to say that the Loma Haney fight was screwed up by the judges? I'm not trying. I did say that shit. I said that shit. As soon as that thing was over, I was like, man, I think Loma won that fight. But and sadly, and sadly, Haney's not going to take that chance and, and do the rematch, which I think is called brains. It's called brains. John, who's he gonna fight next? That people are gonna be like excited Doesn't to watch him fight. Matter here. Here's the here's the here's the whole thing. If you're Haney, you're looking and saying, "Okay, I just learned something off of this fight, mm -hmm. and I got hit more in this fight than I have in my last five fights mm -hmm. combined." So, 
why am I going to, I got to win. Why am I going to take a chance against that guy again? That's just not being bright. I'll fight somebody else and make money fighting somebody else. If you're his father, that's the, that's the right move. It's the smart move. I'm not saying I like it, but I'm saying it's the smart move. Let me ask you this. In, in, the, in an industry where like just basically it's the, the main event gets the most money. And the oh. promoters, there's opposite promoters normally that are promoting their fighter and you guys can come to the agreement. Wouldn't you think that you could make more money off of that rematch than watching him fight someone else? When people are like, ah, he lost his last fight. Why would I care watching him fight? I would rather I see you, the rematch between the two of them I because do, the feeling out process is already think, over. I do think you could get more money off of it, but I do think that you could lose that zero on the end of your record mm -hmm. and all those belts that are so important to you. Yep. So why am I going to take that chance when I can still make a lot of money in my next fight? Maybe not as much, but I can make a lot of money and not be in a position where it's as dangerous. You started off the conversation, though, with that this was a good learning experience and he can learn a lot from it. Well, it's actually easier to take what you've learned in that fight and re-implement it against the person you just fought versus the unknown on the other side. Sometimes it is, and sometimes it isn't. It's true, because but then what? The person give me on the, the person give, on the other side is really good yes. and created a lot of problems for you. You're going to try to fix those mm -hmm. problems, but they're also going to be changing things up, so they're going to create more problems. Okay, give me the stats though on the person who won the first fight. That if he wins the second fight, what are the stats? no doubt? No doubt, especially stats wise, if you're looking about eighty percent for mm -hmm. the younger fighter. Okay. And Haney is the younger fighter. Now, when I look at the, that matchup, if I look at Haney, Haney is someone who can make the adjustments and grow from there. Now, I think also Loma, he makes adjustments and can grow also, but he's very limited in his growth because he is very, the way he has to fight that fight is the same exact way. He's got to make him miss and make him pay. So Haney can make more adjustments to make it an easier fight for him. Whereas Loma, he's got to fight a very similar fight. He can't make that many adjustments because his style, his body, and his style is subject to just what he does. He makes you miss. He makes you pay. He doesn't really have the power, I don't think, to knock Haney out. He's, he can hit him with, he can knock him out with clusters of shots, but he doesn't have the one punch knockout. And now I, other people have said that he hits hard. I do believe he hits hard. But he hits hard because he hits you from other angles when you don't see him coming. That's yeah. why it feels like he hits you hard. But yep. you can tell by the way he hits, he's got to hit you with three and four more punches because he doesn't have a ton of power. He's got pop. Of course he does. He's a fucking boxer. That's all he's done his whole life. You know what I mean? He's learned how to hit the bag. He's learned how to put power. He's, he's developed the power over time. Whereas Haney is still super young and can make the adjustments, make the growth. I think in the rematch, I think Haney, I think he makes it not only... Arguably, I think he ends up winning pretty easily the second fight. And to make that money against somebody that you've already just fought, you understand the filling out process is over. You understand what they're good at. You understand where you made the mistakes. You understand, okay, I can see what he does here. And you can go back and watch the video. If he fights Shakur, if he fights somebody else, if he fights Tank, if he fights, you know, him and Garcia would be a good fight. But if he was to fight Tank or if he was to fight Shakur, I don't know if he, I don't, I don't see him winning those fights. Awfully good boxer, dude. Very hard to hit. And that's the difference. That is the right. difference with what happened against Loma is Loma was able to hit him. Mm -hmm. Where Tank is fast, but Tank relies on power. Yeah. And he's got power. But if there's one thing that you saw out of the Loma fight, Devin Haney's he's tough. He's got a chin. He takes the shot. 
You know, he got, but he did get stunned. He got stunned a couple times. He, he got stunned. It's, it, well, the, the, fight, the round that I can't, I still go back to is the 10th round. 10th. I thought it was so, probably the best round for Loma out of all of them. Mm. And I think, and one of the judges gave it to Haney. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yo, yeah. Mar- uh, what's his name? Marodi or Marotti or whatever. Moretti or whatever his name is. Yeah. You know what's not, funny? Not, is, a, not a good one on that. I one. saw a thing. Um, <clears throat> I know I'm, gonna, I'm not getting any flack for this, but I'm saying like, I saw a thing that Morning Combat did. <clears throat> and they said, you know, hey, <clears throat> judges, refs, that they can age out. <clears throat> yes. Just because you're in your tenure, you had your tenure, <clears throat> that you're, you know, you have all this experience, you have all this, yeah, but you're visually not seeing or watching the fight anymore the way that you used to when you were in your prime. True. It's like anything. <clears throat> and, you know, and they they should they should age out. And that can be said about a lot of things. Politicians, presidents, things like that. They shouldn't be in office after they're fucking 80 years old or 70 years old. <clears throat> so, but I go back into the, the same thing goes for this. If you're a ref, if you're a judge, if you're, you know, you should be able, you should have, there should be an age out process and it should be based off of, years. it should be based off of not just your age, but it should be based off of your results. If you've had say one or two in the last year of where it's been, um, up and down then okay we got to start evaluating whether you know we need to push you back down to judging the some of the lower cards or keeping you up in the prime time um in this fight i'm interested to see with earl spence and terrence crawford what judges they use where's this going to be at by the way vegas vegas okay yeah who who do you think are the three best judges in like in the vegas boxing yeah in boxing well, see, it's not boxing. Does it a little bit different than uh, than MMA? Boxing has also the sanctioning bodies. Mm-hmm. So the sanctioning bodies will talk with the athletic commission and try to bring in uh, certain people, you know, from different areas, especially dependent upon if the the fighters. You got one that's uh, an American, one that's from Europe. They're definitely going to bring someone from Europe to try to even things up as they as they say and stuff but you know i look at it and say tim cheatham is from uh vegas and he's i've known tim forever he was part of that loma uh haney fight but you know he gave it to haney um 115 113 i believe but he's he's an outstanding judge moretti's been there forever um i can't say who they're gonna have but if you look at if you look at nevada as a commission with boxing, they've really gone through a a, a changeover. Because if you, you know, look at, you had uh, Joe Cortez was big mm-hmm. in Nevada for a long time, and Joe retired, and you know the aged amount, and uh, he still works with you know trying to help guys you know in different things with their mechanics and stuff, but aged him out. Bob Bird, who had come from California. You know, he was like, he was the referee for the Mayweather uh, McGregor fight, you know, timed, you know, kind of timed him out of kind of pushed him out a little bit and they're pushing out, you know, Kenny Bayless is, is getting older and they're kind of, they're, they're not giving the same, same amount of fights. So, and they're bringing guys in from different locations. It used to be that Nevada never brought an official in from another state, another country. They always had, these are our guys and these are the ones that are going to do it. And those were the Tony Weeks, the Kenny, you know, 
Bayless's, the you know Bob Birds, the Joe Cortez. Those are our guys. Those are the ones we're using. Well, you said that was I believe it was Doc Harvey. Uh, did I say I said that wrong? Harvey Doc. <laughs> I said Doc Harvey. <laughs> Harvey Doc was the the uh, the referee for the Loma fight. And you look and you go, look, he's from a completely different state. They're they're really changing what they're doing. So it, it there is a change in the air with Nevada as far as who they're using and how they're bringing them in. It's different than it was in the past. All right. Well, if you had to pick three, though, that you would say, hey, these would be the best three possibly in the game that would be able to to judge this fight, who would you like? I would say Feldman would be one uh, should be coming in. They should use him. He's he's really an outstanding. Max DeLuca does a great job. He's from California. He would be an outstanding judge for it. Um, and you want to have one from where you're at? I say Tim Cheatham then. Okay. Okay. So now we didn't talk a whole lot about the fight though. Earl Spence versus Terrence Crawford. How do you see this fight going? Oh, I'll tell you what. You know, this is this is one of those ones that Earl Spence is just fantastic, but. I look at Terrence Crawford as the best boxer there is in boxing right now because he's the full package. He has power. He can hit. He's got big power. He can box. He can dismantle you with footwork. He's a good fighter inside the, you know, the space, you know, getting in close in, in a CQB, you know, situation. He's He's really good inside at digging to the body and avoiding being hit while he's in that, you know, phone booth area. But he's also great at range. I think he's the best boxer there is right now. Uh, he's getting a little older. So, you know, this is the moment, you know, and I think this is the whole thing, you know, why it didn't happen until now. They're looking saying, okay, well, he's a little bit older, but I still think he's got enough to beat Errol Spence. Yeah, the movement, the slickness of Terrence Crawford is going to be a little bit of a problem, I think. he's He's got power. He can deliver the speed in and out. He I can wonder, fight anywhere. Yeah, he can fight anywhere. But Earl Spence is right now just, good. Like you say, riding high. He's riding high on his good. level of boxing. And and when it comes down to, <clears throat> we can, and I can't say this enough, it really comes down the champ believes that he is the best because of what? He has all the belts. He has all the accolades. The confidence is at all-time high. That makes him 2%, 5%, 1%. It doesn't matter. It makes him 1% hold on, hold better. On. Dave, do me a favor. Pull up Terrence Crawford's record. Where are you going with this, John? Go ahead. Uh, as, as simple as it gets. Go ahead. You see You see that big yeah. zero? I get it. Confidence. Confidence. I get it. I get confidence. It. He's never lost. Thirty nine and zero. When was the last time? That's he where fought? I'm going with that. When's the last time he fought? Thirty nine and zero. Twelve ten. Twenty twenty two. Yeah. Okay. About a year. No, 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 no. That was literally like. It'll be about. It, yeah. No. It won't. no it'll a couple be months like, ago. It'll be like yeah, nine months. months ago. It'll Six be like months nine ago. months. It'll be like nine months between that fight and. Oh, by the time they have the new one, yeah. About yeah. that, huh? But confidence. Come on, baby. No one. I get no it. No one has beaten him. I get it, John. I do. I get it. I'm That's saying why I wanted him you... to bring it up. <laughs> <laughs> no, I get it. I get it. How old is he? 35? Mm, that I'm not sure. 35. 35. 35. Yeah, 35. 
I mean, he's still like that. That age is still good. Thirty-five, thirty-six so is good. still good. He is good. He is. Do you you think he takes it? I do. I think, the, and the 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 main factor difference is, like I said, he can fight everywhere, and he's got he's got power. Yeah. So when when you have Errol Spence, who's going to want to fight on the outside, he's that's where he's best at. He's got you know uh, great use of footwork and range. He's going to want to fight on the outside. When Terrence Crawford says, uh-uh, we're going to fight this where I want and I'm going to step into that range, now it becomes Errol Spence's speed starts to diminish a little bit. All that footwork and everything is going to be taken away as far as the angles that he tries to create. And when you got a guy that hits like fucking Terrence Crawford and can box, man, that's a hard element to get past. I guess that's why we fight the fight, huh? I guess we're going to see. We're going to see why. exactly how it all goes down. So you're picking Errol Spence. Nope, I'm not picking Errol Spence. I'm not, <laughs> picking, either, I'm not picking either one. I want another steak dinner. Nah, <laughs> you're not going to win the first steak dinner, buddy. I'm winning the first one, too. Oh, man, lightweight's going to uh, take it. Come on, RDA. Uh, ride with my boys. Well, th- well, this this one's happening first, so this can be our first steak dinner, and then it can be double or nothing. I'm not betting on this one. I'm not betting on this one. <laughs> I can't bet. I can't bet on boxing, man. I don't trust the judging. Oh, I don't trust the judging till they yeah. figure it out. All right, what else you got for us, Dave? All right, I can um, throw in a couple of fan questions from OnlyFans here. We got time for a couple here, so let's go. In, um, this first one from A. Pauling, who asks, "Do you think it would help or hurt MMA if it was run as a traditional sport instead of sports entertainment?" Uh, I'm confused. <laughs> what do you what, mean? Uh, well, look, what what he's trying to say is traditional sport. It is. It's a traditional sport as far as it's real. That's where sport is sport, and it's it's either real or it's not. When you're yeah. looking at the WWE, that is sports entertainment. There is a predetermined outcome. That is uh, completely different. Does MMA and boxing? live off of the hype around the fight and the buildup to that fight. Yeah, they do. And you can take a look at, you know, we're going to go back to the Haney Loma fight and exactly what Josh said, as far as that, uh, they only had like 200,000 pay-per-view buys. Well, you saw Haney push Loma at the weigh-ins and stuff, and he's getting fined for it. But why did he do it? He did it to try to create more heat and more interest because that's, you know, that's what sells. And so you're always going to get the, the selling factor, the show part, the, all the, you know, the, the, the mouthing off and the little things, the little attacks that go back and forth. Fighters know, fighters know that, Hey, man, you know what? You can say whatever you want about me. Go ahead. I don't give a shit. I get to punch you in the fucking face. So don't push it past certain points. Don't bring in family. Don't bring in religion. Don't bring in things past me. Go ahead. You can say whatever you want. And that's that's just the way it is. And that's that's just a form of building the fight. And there's guys that are great at it. And there's guys that suck at it. You know, but it is it is part of the sport. I don't think that it's anything would change at all with fighting. 
I mean, it's the entertainment business. I mean, if you want to make it entertaining, you got to go out there and fight your ass off and make it entertaining. Every fighter has that opportunity. Some of them just play it safe. <clears throat> when there's a fight that they really want to focus on making sure that they get the win. Not every fighter wants to make sure they get the win of every on every fight. But some will go ahead and cut loose a little bit more and take chances against certain opponents. Um, in terms of doing stuff previously, whether it's uh, you know prior to the fight or leading up to the fight, it's the the buildup. That's for me. I was never a trash talker. I'm a trash talker in person to friends, all these things. But when it came to the opponents, I just never had. I never had that in me. Um, I, I felt like the 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 internet is forever, and the last thing you want is for your kids to look up. You know, their 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 father was calling someone, you know, douchebag, like whatever it is. It could call them all these words, right? And you're like, really? That's you know, like that's not what you really want, and so. I don't know, just something that always resonated in my mind. Like it's, you know, your, your, your kids, your grandkids, if they ever decide to look you up and then the internet's forever. Don't do something that's going to embarrass, embarrass you yeah. later on. Yeah. It just, it was, it was not my cup of tea, man. I just, I looked at it that this is just a sport. Don't take it to the next level and make it more than what it is. And, 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 uh, we've seen that before, you know, the Connor thing with, uh, Habib. You know, and stuff that he's put on social media, stuff that he's tweeted, you know, you know, it just, the thing is like, it's just, it's just not, you've taken it to a new level and it's not, it's, it doesn't need to go there. Yeah. And uh, some fighters need to remember that this thing is not going to last forever. And when it's over and done, people are going to remember what you did, not, you know, not just always in the cage, sometimes what you did outside the cage. And that's, that's sometimes that's we'll remember with, more about what you did on the outside than what you did on that's the That's the struggle with John Jones, I think, for a lot of people. Is that it is. They, they're having a hard time looking past how great he is in the cage because of the things that he's done outside the cage. And um, that's all on him, no matter how much I, I really enjoy watching him fight. I think he's a fantastic fighter, if not the best to ever do it. But the casual fan who listens, uh, who watches him, they're having a hard time watching him watching him and not thinking about all the shitty things he did outside the cage. You know, it's unfortunate, but you've got to keep the, you've got to keep all your accolades inside the cage. Make people only remember you for that versus the other stuff. Next. All right. We'll wrap up on this one. FJFKEL asks, when will Bellator do a female Grand Prix? Mm. Man. I'm not too sure. Uh, I'm not too sure. You know, <clears throat> if you if you watch Bellator's Grand Prix, one of the things that you'll always notice is how there is a buildup in talent in that division mm-hmm. as they're getting close to doing that uh, Grand Prix. And so you know, you can take a look and say, well, you know, they they brought in Sarah McMahon, but that's not going to be enough for them to do a featherweight tournament you got chris cyborg sitting at the top you got good fighters in there when katsagano is looking to possibly fight chris we'll see if that one comes about you got sarah mcmahon now there you still have arlene blanco you got some really good fighters but you don't have that eight that is going to be something that i think scott coker looks at and says i'm going to do a grand prix with it mm-hmm. you can look at the flyweights there's some really good flyweights in there but again not the eight that you're looking for mm-hmm. And so I think you know when you see a buildup of the division itself with uh, a depth of talent all of a sudden being signed, that's when you're going to be seeing the possibility of a Grand Prix with the women's divisions. Yeah, I'm looking at 
let's be honest. Scott Coker started females MMA on the next level in terms of you know bringing them to the the forefront with uh, Gina first Carano, one to do Chris main Cyborg. event the big show. Yeah. Exactly. So that happening. <clears throat> but then once the UFC and Strike Force buyout happened, all the fighters, all the female fighters went to the UFC. It's going to be hard to get them back. It's it's there's just not enough female fighters that are out there right now to yeah. really flood two big to flood two big promotions. And that's what we're running into a little bit of a problem, you know, in terms of the female market. There's not as many female fighters out there and if they are there, they're going to they're going to want to go where all the other female fighters are to the UFC. We've been lucky enough to have, you know, a top four, top five, you know, that are really, really good. But you can't build a a tournament format off of that. You need at least eight because you need to have your top eight in a tournament to make it uh to make it like it's watchworthy, I guess I would say. And yeah. so um, don't get me wrong. You've got Chris, you've got Arlene, you've got, you know, Cats and God, you've got, you know, serving you've got fighters that are there. But there's just not enough of them. You know, it gets watered down after you get past like five or six. You know, Sinead Cavanaugh, she'd be great, you know, to watch that fight as well. With, with her in the mix. Leah McCourt, you know, uh, you've got them. Janae Hardy you could probably throw in there as well. But it's like you're mixing all these. You've got to mix them in, but there's just not. There's a big, I feel like there's a gap in the discrepancy between the top one, two, and three, then the rest of them below. Yep. And yeah. then, um, yeah. But and I'm you like, can take I'm a look, like, Josh. You can take a look, you know, take a look at the UFC because you're talking about that. They have, you know, their champion being, you know, Amanda Nunez at 135 and 145. Amanda would rather fight at 145, Mm -hmm. but her next fight is at 135 because she can't, they can't even find anyone to fight her at 145 that's worthy of them putting the money out for Amanda Nunez and them being able to make money back off of it. It's tough. It is a tough class. Now, they could obviously try to get someone like a Kayla Harrison at 145 to come fight Amanda. You know, would that make you know money? Yeah, but it's one fight, mm-hmm. and it's a, it's a rough one, man. It's tough. The, the women, especially when you get into the higher weight classes, there's just not a depth of talent like there is, especially when you get into like the 115s, mm-hmm. where the UFC with strawweights they've got a depth of talent there. Bellator doesn't even really have a 115 class mm-hmm. right now. They've no, got. They've got they've got women fighting at strawweight, but they don't have a title. Yeah, that's how we kind of kind of figure out how if we're going to start that weight class or not. You start dipping into those divisions a little bit with a couple signings, see how well the fights go, and see how how much they uh, produce the interest, you know, interest into it. And so, you know, it's uh it's good because we've got we've got a couple females at one fifteen that are are pretty damn good. You know, I mean, you got Carrie Melendez, Gilbert Melendez is his wife. Yep. You know, uh, yep. you got Benson Henderson's wife. And uh, Maria, and so you've got you've got fighters there, and the girl that Maria just lost to, she's freaking awesome too. Uh, I can't remember her name. Uh, the judo girl. Uh, I want to say, name. but she was phenomenal. Siler, 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 Siler. right? Siler, 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 Siler. I want to say. McKenzie, yep. McKenzie, yep. McKenzie. Yeah. Oh, Stiller, Stiller, Stiller. Yes. Okay. Yeah, Let's she's phenomenal, out. man. Phenomenal fighter. Uh, yeah. Oh. <laughs> All right, well, hey, guys, that's going to go ahead and wrap us up. Go to OnlyFans.com slash in and uh, subscribe to us over there. It is free. Also, go to WayneInMerch.com. Hit the subscribe button. That's the biggest thing. Hit the subscribe button on our channel. Share our content everywhere. We'd really appreciate that. There's been a little bit of a lull in, you know, in terms of the growth, in terms of the channel. So we'd like to try to get you guys to uh, share our content out there. Put us on Twitter. Put us on uh, Instagram. We want to thank you guys for continuing to support us. And John and I want to say something specifically is, Everywhere we go, Chicago, 
Dublin, Paris, the USO, every single time we're somewhere, there's multiples and multiples of people that come up and say, hey man, I love the pod. You guys, thank you guys so much for continuing to support us and listen to us, share our content, tag us in it. We would love to retweet it, repost it, and have conversations through social media if we can with, you know, um, with you guys and want to thank you guys so much for continuing to support this show. And, uh, Wayne and merch.com has some new desserts, uh, new desserts, new shirts, has new, new desserts. designs. We've got new cheesecake. We've got hot fudge yeah. Sunday. <laughs> uh, but John, go ahead and take I us away, it. buddy. Hey, for everyone out there, especially the people in the military, happy Memorial day to all of you. Thank you for what you do to everyone out at Fort Bragg, man. Thank you for being so kind to us. We had a blast. We hope you have a great weekend, and we will see you. 